get up, get, get up, get up. What's up, Mets fans? Welcome back to episode 121 of the Mets Up Podcast, wrapping up this short and quick series out in the Bronx against the New York Yankees. Did not go our way. Was not one of our favorite series by any means. Definitely a little bit different than the first time that the Mets and Yankees played this year. So we're going to go over this game, talk about it a little bit. The boys were at the stadium for game two, along with producer John. So the boys had a night out. We'll talk about our experience there. We got some good TikTok content. We're just going to kind of have a little bit of a more casual episode. Like not a whole lot of notes here because these games are relatively straightforward. And I think it's a little more narrative based right now than really statistical basis for this one. So if you guys are enjoying what you're seeing here, Make sure you follow us on all our social media at Mets Up. That's going to be on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go over to the New York Mets YouTube channel. Go subscribe over there. You'll be able to watch us. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you find your podcast, drop us a rating, drop us a review, and download the episode so you don't miss out. James, what has it been? 35 minutes? I mean, that hellish ride back from the Bronx. I can't believe the four train goes local. The Yankees do a lot of things wrong in terms of like stadium fan engagement, all that stuff. But having that four train run every single stop from Yankee Stadium all the way through the 100s and the 90s and the 80s, all the way it doesn't it doesn't even get express until you get to Grand Central, and that most of the people there are even not even going to Grand Central. A lot of people want to go to Penn Station. That guy we were sitting next to from Cranford. He was like sitting there. He was like, "Oh my God, wait! This goes straight from Grand Central to Forty Second Street." Yep. And the second they said it, he like jumped darted off the train. He like barely made it by a second. Just oh, that was that was so annoying after such an annoying game. I mean, they may have won the series, but the train battle—they don't even come close. I mean, the I fact that they, they don't they, they don't we have a super express. They don't even have an express train home. Like that's that's honestly one of the biggest flaws of the entire Yankee Stadium experience is that you have to sit on that train for like sixteen stops to get to 59th. Just especially because no one's getting out at 125th Street or 119th Street or 103rd Street. We saw, what, maybe one or two people get off, and we saw one person get on, which is crazy (laughs) to make that decision to get onto an absolutely packed four train at, what, 1030 at night it was? It was very annoying. I was just going to say something else about it, and I lost it about the train. Oh, and also the fact that that whole train ride is underground. When you yeah. go home from City Field, you're on your phone. It's a relaxing, it's a leisurely ride. That's oh, great. Tra- you're just sitting there, you're like, you're just it, packed in with people, sweating. And you're like, I just, just can't be it. This just really can't be it. The Mets but do it right. The Mets do it right. Mets do it right. Oh, what else you want to talk about here? The series stuck. The Mets didn't lead for one second in this series. Do you realize that? Yeah, that, that feels right. That feels like mm-hmm. a correct statement, and I, I don't think you're making that one up. Yeah, just from the start, had a weird feel, and honestly, I think watching this game, I think the Mets just looked a little bit tired from their long road trip. I mean, they've played some strenuous games against the Braves and the Phillies, two division rivals, and not that the Yankees aren't a rival, but it's just it's a little bit less important norm than playing the Braves and the Phillies at this point. Long road trip, the doubleheaders, the four-game series, like this and that with the travel. Have they had an off day during this road trip even? No, uh, the Mets' last off day, I, I can't even remember what it was. I'm going to scroll their schedule now and find out. Just go. I think also the emotional drain from that Sunday win. Like yeah, and it was like a seven-hour day. Like it yeah. was such a long Sunday as well. And that series began after playing a night game, a draining Thursday night game in Atlanta, then going straight to Philadelphia for four more games, and then the uh. doubleheader before the long game on Sunday. Like it's just been a very, very, very long and strenuous and kind of like just exhausting road trip for the Mets. And I'm sure these guys are super excited to not do anything tomorrow. <laughs> 
The Mets' last off day was Thursday, August 11th, so nearly two weeks ago. That's crazy. And they had a doubleheader mixed in there, too. And in that time, they played four games against the Braves, seven against the Phillies, now two against the Yankees. That's, that's, that's an insane stretch. Yep, it is an insane stretch. I can't, I can't believe they scheduled us this way to do it. But we're being... Complaining about the schedule is a little bit fugazi. The Mets because like everybody lose. plays relatively yeah. the same player or teams, and, I should say. And especially a lot of this is baked in because of missing those first two weeks because of the lockout. The Yankees just played better than the Mets this series. Like the Yankees were able to do things that the Mets weren't able to do. One of them was Aaron Judge hitting two home runs. The Mets hit one home run this series. Aaron Judge hit two. That's a big reason you find a way to lose these fifty-fifty games. Also, massive shout out to Clark Schmidt for just dogging the Mets for the last like what four innings almost. Yeah, we were try- you were trying your hardest to use the Shiano jinx on him. Like, he came into the game, you're like, he's so good. And I was like, wait, say it again. What is it? He's good? You're telling but me? See, like this That was kind of on you. You tried to go the too much. I was being really yeah. honest because I do love Clark Schmidt just, like, as a pitcher and as a prospect. Like, he's a really fantastic, fantastic guy. Was good. If he, He's really good right now just with, like, the sinker, the sinker-slider combination yeah, with a little it. fastball. If he can ever get his changeup along, or I guess he's got a knuckle curve here now I'm seeing on Savant. a slider, fastball, sinker, knuckle curve. He only somehow he only got three whiffs. That is one of the most shocking things I've seen all night. I, feel like I mean, the Mets like put up. I want to say better at bat. It, it, this game, especially like game two, it was such a weird game because like the at bats and there was there's chances. It felt like almost every inning. Like there was a little bit of a lull when Montas got into that rhythm. But at the start, we had guys on first and second. Towards the end, we had guys on first and second. I mean, we ended the game with the bases loaded. So mm. there were just so many opportunities, and it just felt like this series in particular. The Mets sometimes, like, I mean, we've talked about it in the past before, but, like, the way that this offense is built, especially where it's not live and die by the home run, sometimes those hits just aren't going to drop. Like, the Francisco Lindor one down the line that went, like, an inch foul. Like, sometimes it just doesn't fall. I just, I think the Mets left a man in scoring position in, like, five of the nine innings, if not yeah. more than that. That's just top of my head, just trying to scroll through now. That's one, two, three, four. And there's a lot. How many double plays? I felt like they hit into a lot of double plays, too. Which, like, I think again, this is this is... Everything in this game just felt like it showed signs of just, like, exhaustion. Like, double play. I mean, like, and then we saw some cons- uh, like something of concern, too, was when Dan Vogelback hit that ball in the eighth, was Six, it? Six, by the way. Six innings, the Mets left a runner in scoring position Dang. in this game. Yeah, but that double play that Vogelback hit late in the game yeah. uh, was concerning a little bit, too, because of Did, how he was move. running. Yeah, he was not running well whatsoever. It was a very slowly hit ground ball that... Almost probably almost any other any other player in baseball beats that out. But just I mean, vocal back though, it's him running is not really I would say that big of a point of concern because he's almost no. never gonna play the field and you just yeah. kinda want the bat in the lineup anyway. And him like not being able to run didn't matter on Tuesday. Or no. Tuesday, no, that was Monday. Mon- wow, Monday. I can't believe the series started on Monday. Because he hit that he hit that. that big he hit the big home run, got them closer there. He had a chance to do that again. But that weird ground ball, that was also a weird situation where Aaron Boone had an opportunity to go to a left-handed reliever rather than leave Schmidt in the game. I saw a lot of Yankee fans before that happened getting upset about it, and I also think my dad texted me saying that Keith and Ronnie were talking about that that was a missed opportunity for him, but then... We talked through it a little bit at the game of, like, maybe it wasn't necessarily the wrong move to leave in Clark Schmidt because, what was it, we said that if you bring in a lefty to face Vogelback, the Mets bring in Darren Ruff. Yeah. 
And you probably like your odds with Dan Vogelback better because of the double play opportunity. Just that if he hits the ball, it was, the it was ground first. Anywhere. It was first and second. Nobody out. Like, the only yeah. thing you want there is a double play. So I think you kind of then they it worked to perfection for them. And then I mean, Jeff McNeil next. McNeil's just been so on fire. I don't know He's, if a lefty. I don't know if a lefty versus a righty is going to really do anything to stop him. Even to today, he had three more hard hit balls. Guys average up to three twenty one, eight thirty eight OPS. Dude was roping. I mean, the Mets had some hard hit balls too today. That just like found gloves, like Brandon Nimmo with no, like that three hundred ninety six sure. foot fly out. That line drive he hit to Josh Donaldson at third base, like similarly to the Benintendi one that fell, it just didn't fall for the Mets. Like their guy was in the right spot at the right time. P Even to the, the ba- P to the ball, one hundred sixteen miles an hour for a single after cracking Jeff, his bat. Jeff lined out a couple times, I feel like, or lined out once, whatever it was. Like there was so many opportunities and it just didn't fall. I think there were what two for thirteen with runs in scoring position tonight. Like. Just one of those nights. It was kind of just one of those series, and I and I know you guys are gonna be so tired of us being like it's not the end of the world. Like there's there's people freaking out anytime you lose to the Yankees, especially like two in a row, especially with the Braves like closing in. I feel like people definitely get a little smothered of like oh, also boy, it's because it's on? because the Yankees were playing poorly. Yes, like the Yankees were playing very poorly. The Mets were coming off a big victory. Then you had Max Scherzer versus Domingo Herman. Yeah. Losing that game is really what hurt because once that Tywin Walker was sliding for here with the ground moving back to pitch against the Rockies, you were like, okay, you win the Scherzer game, you lose the Walker game, you beat Domingo Herman. Yes, okay, you you can make do with that. But losing on Monday was disappointing because it was kind of the exact same stuff we're talking about now. There was just guys on base, but you couldn't really drive them in. They're actually, were, were well, they they, they didn't have any guys. Really. They were zero for one with runners in scoring position, so they had one at bat with a runner in scoring position. They just kind of got dominated a little bit, which is crazy. I think they were just swinging a lot. We talked about it too. We were just talking yeah. through the game. We were watching it. Domingo Herman just kind of throws those sinkers and those curve balls all around the plate all the time. And the Mets were taking hacks at it. They just weren't really doing that much damage against it, which is frustrating against a guy like Herman who doesn't really pop off the page, but he is something of a wily pitcher. His pitch mix is useful. The Mets had plenty of hard hit balls too. They just were either finding gloves or just not really caught generating enough damage. And Aaron Boone did his best, his absolute best, yeah, to keep did. the Mets in this game by letting Herman, because he didn't have a high pitch count, but like as you know, with a guy like Herman, he doesn't have that many tricks up his sleeve. You let these professional hitters in the Mets see him for a third time, you have a chance to do some damage. And that did happen. Third time, Mets got around the order in the seventh inning, that Vogel back home run we mentioned. And where there were all those moments where we got it to 3-2, three, two, three to two, and you felt like, okay, the Mets are going to make yeah. a run, the Mets are going to make a run, the Mets are going to make a run. And then the Yankees just score the When you the Yankees score the run, the bomb of that inning, when a team does that, you really feel, like, deflated. And they did yeah. that, I believe, a few times tonight. But even this came yesterday. Domingo Herman allowed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 hard-hit balls in 86 lot. pitches. And the bullpen between Ron Marinaccio and Jonathan Loisega, an inning and a third each, allowed no hard-hit balls. Yeah. So, I mean, like, so the balls just didn't drop for the Mets, like, really, at the end of the day. It just kind of got... You know, as lucky as this team has been that people have said, they got unlucky this series. Like, I, we're trying to think about it while we're at the game to explain this series. And it's not that, like, the Yankees played better or the Mets played bad baseball. It was just, like, the Yankees were just a little bit better and the Mets were, like, a little bit worse. I mean, the series is, what, 2-2 now on the year for a relatively meaningless series outside of, like, standings. But 2-2 on the year, we won the two in City. They won the two at Yankee Stadium. And we were sitting next to a guy on the train. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I forgot your name. He's from the seven line. I see him everywhere. But he was like, he went through the game logs like 13-13. Both scored 13 runs in the four games against yeah. each other. Like this is two of the best teams in baseball. We know that. This is a series that I think me and you, I think a lot of us would be really excited. It'd be great for baseball if the Mets and Yankees end up meeting in the World Series. I think you would see a seven game series. Like these are two 
really, really good teams who at their best are just going to kind of battle out these games. And sometimes it's going to come down to like one or two lucky breaks. Like, I mean, Pete dropping the ball in game two was kind of their lucky break a little bit because that changed the field a bit. Yeah, it did change the field a lot. And it was just, I don't know, these games really mirrored the way they went in City Field. Because those games yeah. in City Field, the only lead the Yankees had was the top of the first of that first game. Yeah. When Judge and did LeMahieu with home runs? Rizzo. 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 They hit back-to-back home runs against Taiwan Walker. And then the Mets took control in the bottom of the inning, and they just went on to win that game. It got close to the end, similar to game one of the series. But the Mets wound up hanging on. The next game was a little more back and forth. With this, that time was the Mets getting a walk-off. This was the Yankees scoring the late run. On the misplay, that's kind of how it goes. You get two really, really freaking good teams. And it's just, it's just, it's just funny that the Yankees were playing like their worst baseball of the season before this, and now they'll probably get back on the right track, which is frustrating. Yeah, fr- it's it's more frustrating just for like, I mean, the reasons that all of us Mets fans have ever had a disdain for the Yankees. It's just because like we don't want to hear it. We really, at the end of the day both of our teams are irrelevant to each other unless we play each other in the World Series. Like, it's, the Yankees aren't competing against us. We're not competing against the Yankees to make the playoffs. Like, we don't face each other that often. But, like, the discourse and the conversation and, like, man, listening to talk radio tomorrow is, uh. I think, I'm glad I don't have to commute. Not because, like, oh, man, like, I don't want a real job. Listening to talk radio tomorrow is going to be so annoying. There's got to be, I feel for you Mets fans who are going to listen to that because it's just going to be, it's going to be overreactions. It's going to be annoying, like, Yankee fans going crazy. There's going to be some Mets fans that probably get a little bit too down in the dumps, too. Like, everything is okay. Sometimes you just lose. This isn't losing to the Marlins. This isn't losing to the Nationals. The Yankees are 76-48. and 48. Like, I don't I don't care how bad of baseball they're playing. They still are a good team. Well, all those people, they're not going listen to listen to talk radio. They're going to listen to us. That's the whole That's point. That's true. That's yeah. the whole reason we're here. When you're talking, yeah. you're trying to send people away from this podcast. How dare you? It's just... <sighs> It's Big so funny. By me. <laughs> that last episode we did with the after the Yankee series was so much fun. So much fun. And I mean, and like, this... and you have to give credit where it's due. The crowd, us, us Mets fans at City Field, that place was significantly more lively in the Yankee Stadium for these two games here. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, even Buck said it himself. Buck taking a rare shot at the Yankees. Buck's usually pretty quiet, but he said, uh, yeah, it was it was almost like City Field, right? Or I think he said, like, yeah, it was a little bit like City Field, but we were louder, which... I agree with the only thing that really Yankee Stadium does that's louder is just simply play Noise. their music and that I'm I'm not going to curse but that effing siren is like it's anxiety inducing hanging out in Yankee Stadium is not an enjoyable experience I'm not going to lie like the only thing they do well are the bars outside the stadium before the game, and that's not even Yankee Stadium, really. But those bars don't even really do it well anymore because I think those bars have realized that they're relatively well, but now they just basically charge more for drinks than inside. I couldn't even believe. You guys want a hack if you ever go to a Yankee game, just go inside and drink the beer. It's way cheaper. It was, I think, $10 for a Coors for whatever, like the little aluminum bottle that I had. And inside, like a tall boy, so you get what? Basically, two of those was 14. That's like, that's a way better deal. A, a White Claw, 12 fluid ounces, was $10, $12. That's, that's. What bar? We had Stan's or Billy's? I don't even remember. That was Billy's. One. That was Billy's. That was Billy's. They, they, I mean, they're both fine. Just the idea of having a bar outside of the stadium is so novel to Mets fans. That's like such a joy to do. And it really is dumb. It is, it is nice. I w- like, if, but for those deals, I'll just go into the stadium two hours early and start having fun. Cause like, really. Stadium, the way they lay it out, too, it's so uninviting. It's like just hard edges. The colors are everything is gray and black. Yeah, it's so like, gray. It's so gross. Like, what, who's this? Who's the stadium for? I mean, it feels like a mall. I mean, it's for the corporate bigwigs over there who want to go and leave in the fifth inning so that they can, you know, beat traffic. 
they do none of that fun stuff in between innings like we do no. with Mike and Emily at City Field. Like it's nothing at all. There's so little panache in that stadium. Ugh. It's it's baseball, the the pure baseball. I'm sure that's what they would say. This is a this is a place of history. So well, I mean, of course, that's what this is the place where Frankie Montes has to shave his goatee before he <laughs> yeah. pitch goes on the map because you can't you can't you know you can't disrespect all the Yankee legends from from the coal coal mining era. I heard an interview from Jordan Montgomery this week talking about um, when he was with the Cardinals or now that he's with the Cardinals talking about what he would do about his facial hair, and he said that like basically like Hal or somebody up top. We'll just like we'll look at the players and be like, that guy needs number fifty. Doesn't even they don't even necessarily know their names. I'm not talking about how, but whoever is in charge of this looks at them as like number fifty two. So got shaved. That's a little. It's getting a little you know dark on the face there. We gotta keep it clean. That's unbelievable. I <laughs> I feel like the Mets should have all like rocked like major beards for this just, for, just to go into Yankee Stadium as much as they could add. You can do a mustache, right? If you're a Yankee, mustache is okay. Matt yeah. Carpenter, yeah, Babe Ruth reincarnation. Oh yeah, my G- God, there was Giambi one. Be had it too. We we were just taking a lot of time tonight, just like looking at Yankee fans and like trying to understand like what makes them tick. <sighs> yeah, there was one. There was one dude who was oh like standing God. like 15, 20 feet away from us. He was wearing like really baggy, really long red gym shorts, like the kinds <laughs> that like the scene and kids one. wear in like seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, John literally typed and one as well. Yeah, there were. Uh, and one shorts should tell you everything you need. And if you don't know what and one shorts are, holy my goodness, you're way too young. Because that was those were the shorts to wear in the early 2000s. They like shimmer. It's like that's the only yeah. way to describe them. The material seems like I, I can't even imagine where what the origination of that material is. Like, like how do ma- you start that? Yeah, well, polyester. Yeah. That's like got to be a polyester that's like been burned a little bit. <laughs> There's no cotton in those shorts. I got to tell you sheen. that. But. This dude was also wearing the core four Yankee jersey. So stacked is, from top to bottom were the numbers 2, 42, 56, and 40? 46. 20. 20. Yeah. 46 Six, and 20. Yeah. So either Mariano, Posada, Posada, Andy Pettit. Which so like four mid players, really. <laughs> I mean, Mariano was pretty good. Mariano was, Mariano was a fine player, but I'll never, ever, ever get over him being the first. 100% in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, like... That's, that's it, one of the most egregious things that baseball's ever done. Like, Hank Aaron didn't get 100%. Willie Mays, Tom Seaver. Like. It's, it, it's like there's literally... There's no explanation for Mariano Rivera getting the first 100%. For that reason, no. like, while he was definitely an above-average reliever... He's the best reliever of all time. Yeah. He's probably the best reliever of all time. Also a failed star there, people forget. But <laughs> to get 100% of the voting for only, for only pitching, like, three innings a week for your whole career, like, are you kidding me? Like, what a, what a joke. All of those writers, every... How could none of them, like... I figured that when the writers were doing the Hall of Fame and someone was a lock first ballot, everyone got together and was like, who's voting now? Yeah. Because you have to do that. Griffey didn't get 100%. Yeah, you Griffey's said it. Hank insane. Aaron, Willie Mays, Frank Robinson couldn't even get in for years Any, and years. Anybody who's in the Hall of Fame. Ted Williams. Mar- Ted Williams didn't get 100% of the vote. Like, I mean, the, literally anybody who's not Mariano Rivera did not get 100%. Every single person. So based on the baseball writers saying Mariano Rivera is the greatest player who's ever touched the field, I have to go counter that and just basically <laughs> say that he was a failed starter who, you know, caught a break, found a pitch. Yeah, as much as I, I hate, hate the Yankees, because it is a hate, I, I'd probably give them a little more respect than you do with their players. Like, I don't hate Jeter, or I don't I don't slander Jeter as much, you know? I don't hate Jeter. He just was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I, I mean, a, a single hitter with a bad glove. Like, that, good for him. True. I mean, yeah. could you imagine? He was really like, good at it. No, he was so good at hitting singles and making errors. Like, could you imagine, like, <laughs> what what's the equivalent to, like, Derek Jeter in accounting? It'd be like, It'd just be like a really, it'd be like a dude who just like hung out like a C-level firm in, you know, <laughs> central Arkansas. That's it. The, wait, you didn't even finish the story about this guy who was wearing the these guy. jerseys okay. in the and one. 
So this guy's and one the core four jersey. We've set the scene here. All the Ad- patches too, by the way. Yeah, tons of patches. Adam Alavino comes in the game, and Adam Alavino I didn't realize was like a hated figure by Yankee fans. Which like they traded him. It's not like he even left. And then like, but that wasn't it. We know that wasn't the real story. Yeah, so I if know, you guys I remember know. the estimate that we gave before that I I just crushed Mark again so bad we have to change the rules this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It was the boos out here at the Yankee Stadium. The only audible boo, because of course the Yankees won two games, they played good baseball, was when Adam Alavino came in the game. And we're like, why are they booing Adam Alavino? And then this guy started screaming something. We all realized that they crazy. hate Adam Alavino because he said publicly three or four years ago that he could strike out Babe Ruth. <laughs> Which is a factual statement. Subjectively, one of the truest things I've ever heard. I mean, I, I think, I mean, anyone could strike out Babe Ruth. I think if you were I got on the mound, we can give Babe Ruth a run for his money. Yeah, I mean, Babe Ruth was basically like seeing underhand soft toss at, at, during his days. So, And every single time Adam Alavino threw a pitch that wasn't a swing and a miss or a called strike, this guy was screaming, he thinks he can strike out the Babe! <laughs> yeah. As if Babe Ruth was like alive, as if Babe Ruth was, was like there or something. It's, it was uh, absolutely crazy. Such creatures there. So many guinea teas. And, okay, I don't even know if I can say that in the podcast, but I definitely can't say the other version of that. Yeah. Big gold chain, so many, so much hair dye, tons you know of who- hair dye. Hair Do you know gel? who had the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball in 1921, one of the years that Babe Ruth was playing in? Dizzy Nelson. No, the guy we're looking for is Bullet Rogan <laughs> um, of the Kansas City. No, no, that was, no, never mind. Hold on, hold on. It was actually Red Faber. My bad. It was Red Faber. Uh, fun fact about Red Faber, he was 25-15 and 15 that year because he threw 330 <laughs> innings. You know how many batters he struck out in 1921? 76. They're <laughs> really close. He struck out 124 of the 1,300 <laughs> batters he faced. I mean... What's the, what's the K rate? John, give me quick math on that K rate. Red, Red Faber's a Hall of Famer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Red Faber's a Hall of Famer? That's I mean, crazy. Babe Ruth, one of the greatest players of all time. He's playing against studs yeah. like Red Faber. You got Bill Doak. In, I mean, he didn't play the National League, so no, no Bill Doak love, I guess, for Babe Ruth. But, I mean, some of these names that I could throw out. Man, the American League had bad pitching, too. How about George... Modridge, uh, was he on the Yankees? During, oh, he was on no, he was on the Washington Senators. Another guy who struck out a ton of batters, 101 of the 1,200 batters he faced. He walked 60, 288 innings. I mean, like crazy fact about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, everyone always talks about the trade from the Red Sox to the Yankees as being egregious, but originally his organization was the Orioles, and they traded yes. him to the Red Sox. And this is funny because Babe Ruth was actually a young orphan boy in the streets of Baltimore who was adopted by a leading member of the Orioles franchise. And before he even played a major league game with them, his, uh, his I guess, his guardian sold him to Boston. Imagine Which that. Is crazy. Imagine that. Babe Ruth. <laughs> his dad that, sells you. The, I, the only other thing I can think of is when Al Avila trades Alex Avila every year while when he had a job. <laughs> I mean, it's the only chance you get, I guess. Oh, my God. This is painful. I hate this. Yeah, it's painful. Team. You guys you guys can see we're really going off the cuff here because it's just Crotchety. like there really isn't much to talk about with what the Mets did. We didn't have Besides a lead. We didn't have a lead in the series. Max Scherzer didn't pitch that well. No, there was one home run. It was hit by a guy who has no legs right now. It was <laughs> yeah. brutal. For that, I mean, the ninth inning on Tuesday was. The, it, we, it was I really fun. thought we were going to get him. Lindor put that ball down the line off of Wandy Peralta, which the Yankees only having Wandy Peralta to go to in the ninth inning with Francisco Lindor and Pilonzo do up is just like that is the gift. Like the, well, they went. They went have a team on the Roldis just just because Aroldis is so wild. Like you can't bring him yeah, in a bases, bases loaded. loaded situation. And huge credit and in, in that inning to Starling Marte who got down 0-2, worked a walk. Yeah. 
And uh, Tyler Nakem, Drew Walk has been playing the best ball. Brandon Nimmo. When did someone got a single, actually. Did Nimmo get a single? I think Nimmo put the ball in play and beat it out, right? Yeah, something like that. I think that was, might have been ruled an error because I saw in the box where the Yankees had an error, and I saw the Mets did not have one, which is interesting. It was Higashioka's catcher's interference. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, but yeah, the Pete drop ball was not an error because he didn't touch it. But Lindor put the ball down the line off of Peralta after going down 0-2. It really looked like it was going to drop in. Howie allegedly went crazy on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Scared, scared some people. And then... <laughs> and then Lindor, Lindor hit one decently, but it was just it was right to a fielder, and that was it. Right, right to ball him. game. Yeah, I mean, uh, what else about this Yankee Stadium experience can we talk about? Because the the food was pretty good. The uh, yeah, the 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 media food was definitely pretty good. Was solid. We had a nice taco spread. Enjoyed mm-hmm. that. I had four tacos. I was very full. Like I, I so big, big ball. Good French fries too. Good, great French fries. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this. If you haven't, you probably just haven't been on social media much. But there was a guy at the Monday night Mets-Yankees game <laughs> who did one of the most egregious acts I've ever seen. And it was caught on video, which makes me sort of skeptical whether or not this was planned or not. But this dude bought a, a glass of beer because for some reason buy a can. But we to figure out why. Bought a nice cup of beer. Is that how you say it? You say a cup of beer. I just say a beer. He bought a beer. Okay. He bought a beer that was in a cup, not in a bottle or in a can or a bottle. He also had a hot dog with him. He also had a straw with him. And in this video, you see this man who is wearing like winter clothing, by the way, and a plaid Yankees hat, which is insane. Take his straw and stick it in the middle of the hot dog long ways. So like, you know, not not splitting in half right down the middle and core it out. Then dip the hot dog into the beer and use it as a straw to drink his beer, which it, as, I don't. As, I, that clip was everywhere for almost twelve hours straight. It had ten million views as of like five o'clock today, which is crazy for less than twenty four hours. Also, he as he was like digging into his hot dog with his straw, he was putting the end of the straw in his mouth so as not to waste those bites of hot dog. Because I'm of not gonna course. not gonna waste valuable hot dog bites. Not also, think, 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 I mean, he is animal. Thinking about this logically for a second, it's kind of not that easy i feel like to get that straw straight through the hot dogs that's precision that's, that's what i mean that, like you're you're risking the integrity of your hot dog there and that's a guy who's done this before because he, oh, he for sure he he did not falter on falter is that the right word he did not, he did falter, not falter on sticking that straw on the hot dog it's also just like a weird thought to think that like a man just like bought a hot dog st- takes it out of the bun playing with it puts it in the beer and then starts like using it as a straw is so insane because you're having the beer travel through a warm hot dog like, that can't be – warm beer is awful. It's got to get so, like, foamy as it's traveling through the hot dog. It can't be a good experience. I wanted to try it today, but I had the four tacos and I was full. <laughs> there was also a comment underneath that video that said someone – and this could be a bold-faced lie, of course. But the guy yeah. had – it was, like, top comics. It got tons of likes. So some guy said he used to, like, work with him. And he said – again, this could definitely be a lie. He said this guy had done this before, which I assume that's true. But I also will not assume that that person is telling the truth. Yeah, I, I really wanted to do that today, but with the Mets losing and the fact that I was full, I think I, I decided not to uh, give it a try for myself. But maybe one day, maybe one day we'll give it a shot because I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get that on my mind. Sam was also wearing this like funny plaid Yankee hat, like yeah, I like, said that before. Yeah, green and navy, and also it was a hot muggy night on Monday. Did you not wearing... hear me? I said this exactly word for uh, word. He was wearing a jacket in the khakis. <laughs> I said he was wearing winter clothing. I'm I'm I'm, mixed, I'm all mixed up right now. It's been a it's long 12. day. It's 12.45 at night. We're here recording. We still have a little bit more to talk about here. Anything else to wrap up this uh, Yankee Stadium experience? I mean, just, again, the stadium's not a very inviting place, I would say. It's just, it's it's weird. 
It's it's the way they organize standing room is weird too because it's not that many places you can actually see the game from standing no. room and they sell plenty of standing room seats and they create these like white brackets that fans just pile into. It was it was a bizarre situation. Yeah, I, I think oh, it's we just weird sh- that's gosh out our boy Vic. We, oh, we found yeah, shop we Vic. found like a nice little enclave of Mets fans behind home plate and standing room. Our boy Vic came from Connecticut completely alone to this game. That's that's goaded move. Dead solo. He was hoping to see DeGrom. Disappointed that he didn't pitch, but we were just chilling with him for innings and innings. Talking to him. Gave him a messed up sticker, put it right in his shirt immediately. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, our that, guy. That's a gamer. I hope to see Vic at a Mets game soon. And Vic, I hope you listen to this. If you do, get in contact with us on the Mets up Twitter. You're a legend. Also, shout out to other friend on the other side who just had mustard all over his face. Who was so who much was, was spitting, spitting in our producer John's eye <laughs> trying to <laughs> talk to him. S- did you see the hot dog he was eating? It was basically just bread with mustard. Just like covered his face. It was, it we talked to him for like an inning, and we're like, dude, you got a lot of mustard on your face. He's like, oh, my so bad. So much mustard. And then he it takes his insane. hands, takes his hands and wipes it off. <laughs> no, that <laughs> It's like, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Like, I mean, if I had mustard on my face, I would never eat mustard because it's awful. But no, mustard's not if bad. I, all mustard? You hate all mustard? Don't like mustard. There's like 75 different kinds of mustard. You can't hate them all. Don't care for mustard. Don't Honey care mustard. for ketchup. Dijon? You don't care about Dijon? No, I don't know. Dijon. Mike Dijon's Dijon delicious. is the only mustard that I, I'll ever speak about. That's crazy. Remember him? Remember did... Mike Dijon? I, I, the name sounds familiar. It's a 2000s Met. Yeah, of course John does, but he, he played with the Mets for a little bit. Maybe like a yeah. year. Isn't it crazy that there's only, there's only one kind of ketchup and there's like hundreds of kinds of mustard? There's spicy ketchup now. But, I mean, that's not that's not real. It hasn't caught on. I guess. I don't know. And both of them are awful. They're People who put that on, like, people are like, oh, you don't put ketchup or hot mustard on your hot dog? Like, no, I'm a purist. I like hot dogs. I don't like the taste of ketchup and mustard. I want to taste the dog. I'm a purist, just like the DH. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yankee uh, Stadium. Glad, glad, or say your line that you said to me on the train. I'm not going to take it from you. That was a good one. I don't even About going back to Yankee Stadium. Oh, I'm absolutely not going back to Yankee Stadium this regular season. I put my stamp on it. I have no intention of going back. No way. I'll do the same thing. You you won't find you won't find me there unless they don't want beards like me in Yankee Stadium. Not allowed. (laughs) Unless we match up with them in the World Series. Yeah, I mean that's why I said regular season. I said oh, you said regular season. Regular season. But I mean, you making Mickey Mantle roll over his grave if he saw facial hair like this. He'd want me deported out of the country. (laughs) All the uh, the Babe Ruth truthers who are wearing his jersey because you know that's. Nothing's more Yankee that's, than that's a That's the other thing jersey. that's dumb as hell about Yankee fans. Like, they have this thing where they don't put names in the back of their jerseys. But every single idiot fan's walking around with names in the back of their jerseys. Like, what the hell do you think this is? Mantle? The word mantle? Gehrig? What do you come I th- on? I think the most egregious one that I saw, and I think this would be a perfect way to end the Yankees talk, is that Yankee fans, again, always love to say that they don't care about the Mets, right? I mean, we saw Mets suck stickers at the bar. Yes. I saw a guy wearing who bought a a real Yankees jersey, and instead of a name and a number on the back or whatever they do, he put Mets suck on the back of his Yankees jersey. That's that's insane. Like, imagine getting a Mets jersey and putting Yankees suck. Like, that's – you can't do that. Oh, the Yankees won their World Series tonight. I'm happy for them. Yeah, they, they can have this one. We'll catch them in the real World Series for the Subway Series. That will actually matter, and we'll see who the best team is. <clears throat> it's the Mets. Because right now it's 2-2 and 13-13 on aggregate, so we have like learned, lit- we, we've learned nothing. <laughs> It's literally a dead tie. So and the records are super similar as well. It's like a two-game difference. Yeah, and of course, because the Yankees won these two games, not a single boo, which is just the worst. I, this is what I get for following. Now you had one my, boo. It was Adam Alavino because he said he strike out Babe Ruth. Yeah. Well, this is what I get for following my heart and not my head, which I think we're gonna stop doing here. But I know we brought in John here. John was with us. John, this is this is late for you. Twelve forty-five. How you feeling? And as you guys can see, we brought in John, who is up a little bit past his bedtime here at 12.50 a.m. This is, remember guys, this is a guy who eats supper at 6 o'clock. So supper. 
we're we're running late here for John. John, how you feeling? Good. I mean, I'm I'm honestly surprised that you guys didn't uh, call me out on the stunt I pulled. Um, <laughs> bottom of the eighth inning. I mean, I kind of thought you guys would give me the business on that a little bit more nah. than you did. I mean, I I wanted to, but I also I respect it because the car driving at Yankee Stadium it's very that those park garages very poorly done. It's a grid line. Yeah. It's even worse than City Field. So you're, you're you're asking for a car accident too, because people at Yankee Stadium when they're driving, they just they don't abide by any laws, any rules. They will just be like, oh, I'm gonna go, and if your car happens to be there, it's getting hit. Yeah, no, I, I have I have no regrets. Obviously, there was and a part of me when the Mets. Yeah. Were, were, <laughs> When they were when they were starting to rally, I was like, "Oh, no. not not gonna lie." I thought for a second, I was like, "Was John the mush?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, because Mark actually also wanted to leave with two outs in the ninth, and I was like, "Hold up." He, yeah, I did say that. I did say that. And then we had a little rally. There's no advantage at that point, other I than like, I guess that's exactly that's what I was like, "This is a leaving." Yeah, yeah. I at least because I've experienced the traffic out of Yankee Stadium. It's like one road leads, yep. in my case, to the GWB. I was headed back to Jersey. And like, if you don't beat the traffic, forget it. So it's like an hour extra. Yeah, exactly. So I'm happy I did what I did. Um, obviously, great night. Uh, I definitely want to shout out, piggyback on James, uh, Mr. Mustard, and also I'm gonna shout out James for being a good guy. Yeah. To going going up to a random stranger, like it's not your cousin at a barbecue. <laughs> like he goes up to a random guy who's like trying to high five every time a Yankee throws a ball. <laughs> yeah, James is like, yo, by the way, dude, like. You got some mustard, <laughs> and as this dude is saying thank you, yeah, it hits me right in the right in the middle of the eyeball. And you were having a rough eye night too. You had the, yeah, you had the eye, eye drops out. I did. I did have a bad eye night. This didn't make it any better. <laughs> so, um, but he was passionate, and I respect I respect the hell out of that. Oh, for Mets sure. fans were definitely loud tonight. Like the second Met, the Mets got anything cooking, yeah, the Mets fans were going nuts. So. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what the split was, right? Before the game, I think it I felt, said... It felt pretty 64-ish, maybe 65-35 yeah. at yeah, worst. No, there was a good showing of Mets fans, and they were loud. A lot of let's go Mets chants, which was great, like especially in the area that we were in. It's also weird because Yankee Stadium is so cement and concrete that like it's everything... Just, it's just like, the whole thing is cement and concrete. It's unbelievable. It's just bouncing and booming off of everything, so you don't actually know if it is loud or it's just because you're like trapped inside of this concrete cave. It was definitely loud, um, especially the Mets fans. That was yeah. that was cool to be a part of. Um, but the the worst jersey I saw by far, and we we were talking, we were looking all night. Yeah, um, was a Yankees Randy Johnson fifty one. Oh, yeah, you hated that one. Uh, Not Melky. Melky was cool. I liked the Melky. And see, for me, like that's where you need the name on the back. Because 28 could be anybody. Like, Joe Girardi wore 28 with the Yankees after they yeah. won. So when you put the name on the back, that's me being like, wow, okay, that's that's the intent of Melky Cabrera. That's cool. <laughs> it's just 28. It's tough. You get um, sneaky with it a little bit, yeah. Can I tell you guys a stat right now that uh, Steve Gelb just tweeted, just to interrupt? Yeah, hit us with it. The Mets just finished 27 games in 26 days, and they went 18-9. and nine. That's a really good stretch. Yeah. It's a really sick stretch to go 18. Any stretch of games, 18 and 9. You and sign now, up for that every time. And now 20 of the, the next, next 23 are against teams under 500. So. Love that. And that's Love exactly that. it. That's exactly it. That's what this game presents you, the opportunity to bounce back. You know, yep. to have an off day on Wednesday, and then we're right back at it with a 10-game homestand. Johnny, 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 Johnny Hemingway. Hemingway. Little R&R, rest and relaxation tomorrow. That's absolutely right. Um, real quick, last thing on the jerseys, James. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. Both of you guys, I know, are just – 
we saw a guy wearing a Rafael Montero oh jersey. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yo, Rafael Montero. No, no you didn't, didn't say, say that. Anymore. You, you just, just said, said sick jersey. jersey. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did. In my mind, I'm saying that anymore. <laughs> I did say sick jersey. It's a bang bang thing. You, you make a comment, you keep walking. Um, we're on like 161st. And he goes, thanks, man. And he points to the back and he goes, Jesus. Jesus Montero, former Yankee catching prospect. Traded for Michael Pineda. Traded for Michael Pineda. He was yeah, never, guys... is never once associated with the New York Mets organization. <laughs> no, not once. And if you guys, if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, the reason we like talk so much about these jerseys is because we do a little thing on our story whenever we're at games. Where we do hashtag Threadhead, and we just look for kind of out of place, a little bit wacky jerseys like a Rafael Montero. I mean, that's the first Rafael Montero jersey I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. So we take those. Post those pictures on Instagram. So if you guys have any crazy jerseys, make sure you come up to us at a game because we'd love to put you on Instagram. I think we've seen some crazy ones. I mean, like Buck is a classic of just like, yeah, you got a Buck Shaw, a manager I jersey. I saw Terry Collins tonight. He couldn't snap a pick. It was in the bathroom, so I thought that'd be really weird to take my phone TC, out. TC, huh? Yeah, Jay Payton. Um, Jay Payton's a good one. Buck Showalter, uh, not Buck Showalter, Billy Buckner with an 86, num- number 86. That was yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Creative. Yeah, very creative. Uh, Jason, Jason Williams, White Chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate was a good one. If you guys ever have good jerseys at the game, make sure you hit us up. And also, just because we're not that creative on Instagram, so this is the one segment we were, stick- <laughs> we're sticking to because we just forget to do things on there. We just we like to be in the moment. We're not yeah, on our yeah, phones no, like we're that. super in the moment, guys. Yeah, uh, obscure jerseys are. The, I mean, Rafael Montero is a wild obscure jersey. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I've never seen. That's probably top five for me. Like I've seen. I think I once saw Rob Carson. If you guys remember Rob Carson, Rob like, Carson, Carson, yes. yes. Yeah. Wasn't it was Roberto, Roberto Carson? Did they call him that? Roberto, Roberto Carson. I think it was just Rob. Okay. But anyway, I, his Twitter handle was like Rob Carson will do. He had a cup of coffee with the Mets. I think in like '09 or 2010. But I saw Rob Carson at City Field recently, and that that blew my mind. <laughs> you saw Rob Carson. Carson. Oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah, that's that's. But you know what? When you have a deep history, a long history like the Mets. Um, you see a lot of jerseys, and that is the transition to estimate here. So, Let's do it. all right. So, the new rule that Mark alluded to, and I think there's just going to kind of even the playing field. I'm too, I'm, I'm too good. I'm the Kareem Abdul Jabbar. James is too good. We had, yeah. of estimate. You got to change the rules on me. Who who is like a, who is someone that Kareem Abdul Jabbar played against that was like his competitor? I don't even know who played uh, there in college. Those I don't even know who was playing college in the '70s. Change the games college. for guys like me, Jerry West. I don't know. Does that feel right? Maybe. Who's in college? Like, who Who even do those UCLA teams won like 70 games in a row. I don't think it mattered who they played against. John Wooden, the GOAT. It's a legend. First practice every year, t- t- taught them how to tie their shoes. Hey, listen. Made everyone take their shoes and socks off, and then you, you'd put the sock on, you pull it up tight, you relace the shoe, tie as you can, tie your shoes. Because if you get blisters, you can't practice. I'll never forget, uh, just real quick to finish this up here, but my I like playing basketball in my youth – I was on a pretty good basketball team. I didn't play much, but I was on when, the team. When Mark was like nine. Yeah, I was like nine. And uh, <laughs> shout out to our assistant coach. That's Mr. his youth. Yeah, Mr. Kane. Uh, good guy. He gave us, at the end of the year, the pyramid of success, a picture of that in a frame thing from John Wooden, which is a, that's a big thing that people like, the pyramid of success. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. No clue where it is. <laughs> All right, get the estimate. We got. We're already at forty minutes. We're talking about nothing for forty minutes. People like it. They do.
<laughs> yeah, you did come out swinging. I'm aggravated. <laughs> yeah, we know. All right, that's the net. So you guys have your paper and your pen ready? So that, that's I do. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, I'm going to throw it out at the guys, and they're going to hold up their answers when I count to three. There will be no more I say seven. You say seven. I'm going to go six under each think- other. I do, I do think, think that, that this, this will, will make, make it more, more interesting. interesting. Because sure. now... Yeah, because you're not good the other way. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah that's what, that's it, what is. it is. I go I with go my, my art too much. much. I, gotta I gotta go with that. All right, here we go. Estimate. I want to know how many total runs will be scored during the old-timers day game. Oh, man. Oh, like like the actual the old-timers? In the, the old-timers game. How many innings are they playing? Orange versus blue. The plan is three, I believe. Three. three and is and it going to be, be like, like and an everybody, everybody hits type, type of scenario, scenario? the rules it's, it's baseball, baseball. <sighs> that like you need three outs i believe three outs is i believe that's what we're aiming for okay, okay. is it like is it like a celebrity softball game where they're going to put an auxiliary fence and like make a small <laughs> field on the big field i don't think so but <laughs> they're I, just going to be know. on the field ah oh, oh, man, man there's, there's going to be a ton, ton of runs scored i got to assume that then it depends on hits. All I want to know is how many runs are being scored. <sighs> I've, I've got, got a, a number, number that, that I'm going to write, write down. down. Me too. It's a level playing field with no one having all the answers to these things. This, this is, is... Man, yeah, I would look, look, look up look some, some old, old, old timers days, days and find out the scores. Three innings of old men playing baseball who don't play baseball anymore. I mean, some older than others. I would assume Josh Tolley is probably going to hit a home run just because he's like 32. So... Did you guys know Josh Tolley has a podcast with Ricky Romero? What? Does anyone listen? Just found to that? that out yesterday. Is that, is that the, the ultimate, ultimate crossover? The messed up podcast and Josh Tolley and Ricky Romero? Romero? I found out the other day Danny Woodhead has a podcast. I, I'll do some. I'll do some content with Danny Woodhead. I, I didn't I write, write this number big, big enough. enough. Let me write it bigger. Yeah, I, I darkened mine a lot. Wow, it's like, like the, the worst, worst number I've ever, ever drawn. drawn. This is, this, this looks like a child who just learned, learned how to draw numbers. numbers. Right well, numbers. When was the last time you hand wrote something? 2017. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> once I became, became an advertising major, major I, didn't I didn't write, write anymore. anymore. All right. That's, that was a good practice. Are right, you guys ready to go? Countdown. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, reveal. Nine. Six. Oh, nine. Nice. 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 I expected way more from both of you. Like higher well, numbers, I mean. That, that, that's good to hear, though. That plays, plays to me. Because if, if, if it goes, if it goes anything, anything over nine, nine I'm the winner. winner. I don't know. I honestly just feel like no one's going to run. So how are these runs going to be scored? No one's hanging over the fence and no one's running. So I don't think running runs But the defenders be might not run. That's, that's what, what I was thinking. thinking. The Mets, the Mets are about... a franchise that prides themselves on pitching. Listen, Listen like, like, if Ed Cranepool gets up there and swings, he's not going to pass for space, of course. But if you get, like, I don't know, you get... Maybe a little Andy Chavez. Andy Chavez is going to put one in the gap against that park run. Like, like you got to remember, remember that the guys who are out in the outfield probably don't want to move that much either. either. Like, yeah, there's going to be. A, I regret my number already. This is there's, there's one for one. There's going to be a, a lot of like the, the little wiggle, wiggle run that's going to be happening. I'm going to look back. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too. I mean, not that it has any bearing, but. All right, so put out a mailbag. We got some questions here. Mike Piazza, this one involves him. He's going to be at Old Timers Day. We got a question that came in from one of the people. I can't find the question now. But the question was, who do you think would be more valuable to the 2022 Mets roster? Prime Mike Piazza or Prime Tom Seaver? This came from Cabby underscore 12. So, John, you'd be part of this too. Who do you think? I would go Piazza just because the starting pitching is, you know, has been one of the, the, the biggest yeah. strengths this team has had all season. 
Uh, you have two aces. I mean, sure, what a third ace or a fourth ace, if you want to call Chris Bassett, who's been an ace since his bad, his bad outing in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, that's just the rich getting richer. But, you know, I guess the one thing that this team kind of lacks, if I had to say anything offensively, is that, that power, that punch. Yeah. Um, I might Piazza's a 40 homer bat in, into the middle of your lineup. So for me, it's Piazza. Um, but you, you can't go wrong with Tom Seaver, who should have been a unanimous Hall of Fame um, inductee. James, James, who do you think? I'm just taking Seaver. I just, I don't know. I'd rather get the guy. I mean, Piazza's incredible, one of my favorite players of all time, but he's Tom Seaver's a lock for like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe that Tom Seaver maybe isn't as good in this baseball. Like, am I getting the exact player? You're getting a you're getting the prime the best version of these players. So like I think maybe I will I think take you, Piazza then. I think you take out the era. Like don't think of like Tom Seaver pitching in like the '60s. I think it's just like yeah, that, I'm, the I'm idea just thinking that of the fact that Seaver in his era, like he was a big strikeout guy relatively, but his level of strikeouts would be like probably even barely league average today. I think so, it would probably adjust though. You know. Okay. Like, well, if you give me the adjustment, I'll probably take Seaver because he's gonna be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Of course, one of the best pitchers of all time. But yeah, there's something to be said about Piazza playing so recently just like john said having that like 40 homer punch one more legit power bat in this lineup like it'd be kind of hilarious to have pete and piazza in the same lineup that'd be sick yeah you yeah. know i'm picking my boy piazza favorite player of all time i mean one of the reasons why i like the mets and like baseball is because of mike piazza so hopefully get to see him at old timers day would love to just talk to mike piazza for a second as he is Literally. what you probably call my baseball hero so we'll see we'll see how that goes john thank you for helping us out with estimate appreciate you well uh We'll catch you soon. And then one last question here, which I think is this. I think this is a fun one because it's kind of, you know, out there too. This one comes from David. Who do you think each of you – okay, that was kind of hard to read. Who do you think each of you think would be your best friend on the Mets roster if you were on the Mets? Wow. So James, I'll, I'll let you take this first. Who do you think you would get along with the best? Who would be your best friend? Wow. Because we've, we've met a lot of the guys. Yeah, so we, we have. Kind of, we kind of have an idea I'm of what the vibe it. is with these guys. I think the easy answer is is Jeff McNeil because he's just mm. such a dude. Like he's such a man. He's just a guy's guy. Like we just hang out with Jeff, eat pepperoni, you know, just <laughs> just mess but around. Like Jeff's a good Jeff, dude. Jeff almost fits more to my lifestyle though, of like eating lunchables and stuff like that. A hundred percent. But I mean, you and I are very good friends, so I feel like That's I'd be true. really That's good true. friends. With I mean, besides Jeff, like when we talked to Bassett, Bassett was such a good guy too. I feel like it'd be fun. I'm just going through the guys we've talked to. Tommy Hunter is just such a guy. Like I feel yeah. like me and Tommy Hunter just talk college football. And just yeah. kind of get along that way. Otherwise, just we haven't met the rest of the guys, so it's kind of hard to tell. But that's my, that's my those are my guys off the bat. Taiwan also seems like such a just a good dude. Yeah, I feel like I'd like definitely. to chop it up with Taiwan. Yeah, I've had personal experience with Jeff, so he he would be my pick. But I think Pete, I think Pete's probably yeah, Pete's, just he Pete's just likes to hang. He re- reminds me a lot of one of my good friends from high school. Shout out to Brad, but. He's just he just seems like a guy like you said who likes to hang, have a good time. Eat There's wings. that picture of him and yeah, eat wings. Like he he'll sit down on Sunday and watch six hours, seven hours, eight hours of football with you and have a great time. He'll be into red zone, he'll be ordering food, he'll be telling good jokes. Like he's just a guy. He's a he's the life of the party, I think. And I mean that picture with him and Vogelback when they were getting coffee at the coffee truck, they're they're bros. Like you want to hang out with those guys. Yeah, that's the, that's the pick too. I mean, but there's so this team just seems like it's so well knit. Like every guy is kind of easy to get along with. Like I feel like Lindor probably Lindor would be like, crazy fun. Like if we're going like that's the other difference here. Like are we just chilling like watching football? Like those are the picks we've given. But if we're like going out, going out to dinner, you know, going out, yeah. going out having some fun. Like I think Lindor would be a pick. Canna, if you want to go out to a nice dinner. Canna's. I don't know if we can handle Canna's dinner. Like if, we ha- if we could, if me and Mark Canna could find a common ground on a restaurant. Like if I can find one of my like cheapo like five star Google reviews, and I got to convince him to come. 
yeah. or shadow any of these crazy places I go to. Like, that'd be pretty fun. Ken also just seems like he's an interesting guy between, like, just, like, being from California, being kind of cerebral, and, like, we know his taste of music is also fantastic. Yeah, definitely. So, I, there's a lot of good guys in the Mets, but I think that, that was a really fun question. I like that. Appreciate you guys responding into the mailbag. Honestly, didn't think we were going to talk as much as we did. Wanted to answer more, but we're going on 40-plus minutes here. So, we're going to talk about this Colorado Rockies series coming up. Of course, Old Timers Day on Saturday. That is the big highlight. What are the pitching matchups that we're looking at, James? I think they're a little bit uh, fluid for the Mets right now just because... We don't know where Jacob DeGrom's slotting in. We don't know if Saturday's going to be Trevor Williams or David Peterson yet. But as of right now, Thursday evening is Jacob DeGrom versus Ryan Feltner. Feltner is a guy who... Who? Ryan Feltner. He's actually performed pretty well outside of Coors Field. I think he's the second-year pitcher on the Rockies. He's really not bad. Friday night, Chris Bassett versus Kyle Freeland. Chris Bassett seems to be scrounging up a lot of these Friday night uh, black jersey starts just somehow, some way. Really is all over them. Freeland's also a pitcher who's not terrible. Like, Freeland will leave Coors Field and just be good-ish. Saturday, like, the Rockies don't have anybody named, which is a really good sign for the Mets, and the Mets don't have anybody named that's going to be either Williams or Peterson, I guess whoever they just feel like going with. I don't even know. Peterson's still on the roster, or did he get option back? Was he tw- Maybe he was 27th man in the doubleheader last weekend. I'm not exactly This is positive. a four-game series, too, right? It is, yes, because then Sunday, 140, Scherzer versus Matt Killer, Herman Marquez. Okay. Uh, Herman Marquez, solid little pitcher, although I think this year he's been a little bit off, but it's because he plays in Coors, too. Yeah. They have- the Rockies have some players. Uh, they have a cool story about Winton Bernard, which I think is cool. You heard about this guy? No, I've never heard of anything you just said. Lifetime minor leaguer, 31 years old. Finally oh, got the call. Oh, yeah, up. just another guy. Okay, 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 I got you. Yeah, so shout out to Winton Bernard. Uh, he's also, he went to Niagara University. So he's not local. He's from San Diego, but dude went from Niagara, made to the big leagues. He, he grinded out. You love stories like that. Like, that's, <laughs> that's always super cool. That is very cool. Rockies also, just the thing with them over the last few years— they just play significantly better at home compared to on the road. The record this year at home is 36 and 31. On the road, it's 18 and 39. It's that elevation change, man. Like, yeah. people don't realize that as much benefits as you get from playing in Colorado, when you leave, it's like devastating to your like health. And they are coming from Colorado, a game tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Or I guess today, when you guys are listening, day game against the Rangers, coming straight to City Field. Yep. Uh, some guys to keep an eye out for CJ Crone, obviously, offensively. They still have Charlie Blackman, Ryan McMahon. Uh, Chris Bryant's hurt, right? He's not Chris playing. Chris Bryant is he's not even doing baseball activities in a walking boot. Okay. And then they had called up El Hiris Montero, who's tearing up the minors, and he's been hot and cold. They're the Rockies. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not good. And yeah, the, like line, the lineup a... really isn't bad because Brendan Rodgers has been hitting. He seems to have turned a corner as a young major leaguer. He's, the power isn't really there, but he has 120 hits already and a 333 yeah. on base, which is not like fantastic, but it's also pretty good. 760 OPS, like. He leads this team in war. C.J. Crone's a big power hitter. There's a lot of swing and miss. Charlie Blackman's come from the uh, death scripts to have another good Charlie Blackman season. McMahon's solid. Grichuk's solid. Connor Joe gets on base. This team's not good, but it's not. they're not like, I don't know, they're not going to roll over for you. Would love to get to their bullpen early. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I wish we hope we see Antonio Senza. Actually, no, Sensatella kills the Mets. Yeah, I don't want to see Sesentella, but I would like to see. Call, you know, we're going to see Colome, Ty Black, Robert Stevenson, jo- Jose Urania, Jolie's- old friend. Jolie's Chassin, Justin Lawrence. Denelson Lamette is probably their best arm, honestly, that they have. I guess his was a weird team. Do you remember Jordan Sheffield? Didn't he didn't he like pitch a couple of annoying innings against the Mets last year? No, he pitched a couple of innings and they just shelled him. They yeah. like 
they just really hit Jordan Sheffield a lot. So and just do, let's do some old timers day stuff briefly. A few minutes. We talked yeah. this, about this a lot in Amazing but True New York Post Mets podcast with Nelson Figueroa and Jake Brown. So if you guys want a more in depth look at old timers day, you can listen to our takes on there just because it's late and we've gone on way longer than I expected. But John needs to go to sleep too. Yeah, John's tired. I'm tired. Mark's tired. But he's sleeping until noon anyway, so he doesn't care. But well, it's just, my neighbor, my neighbors upstairs have changed that now because uh-huh. at nine, at I, nine I, don't, I don't really, I don't hate that at all. They, they start playing basketball at 9 o'clock, seemingly upstairs. They definitely have a three-year-old toddler, and it's okay. I'm like, I'm not mad at them, but it would be nice if, like, that toddler, like, sat maybe for, like, I don't know, an hour at a given time because he's just running back and forth. It's quiet now, but it is 1 a.m., so if he was running around, I would have questions. I've got the roster in front of me here. Just going just gonna to go through some of the crazier names on this list. Of course, you're going to have, you know, Terry's going to be there as a manager, Bobby V, Bartolo, Ronnie's going to be there, Joe Franco, Doc Gooden. Uh, Wait, Matt. I got a fun thing. For, I got a well, fun thing for you. Instead of reading out the whole rosters, we have the rosters for Team Willie Randolph and Team Terry Collins. I could just read that out to you, and maybe we could predict who you think's going to win as well, just for yeah, fun. Sure, I was going to go through the big names. I would go go for it. That's okay, fun. so Team Randolph, David Cohn was the number one overall pick, I believe, of the entire draft. Uh, Terry Collins went with Bartolo, but David Cohn, John Franco, Doc Gooden, Pedro, Billy Wagner, Piazza, Todd Pratt. Lee Mazzilli, Rico Bronia, Tim Tuffle, Cliff Floyd, Kevin Elster, Rafael Santana, Edgardo Alfonso, Benny Agbayani, Pat Mahomes, and Doug Sisk, and your boy Eddie Lynch on Team Randolph. And if you go to Team Collins, wow, there was a trade in this. This is crazy, by what the was way. was a trade? There was a trade, Doug Sisk for Glendon Rush. They were drafted in the same round, it appears, and they were traded for each other, so that's confusing to me. Maybe that was like a, hey, we need, we need more of these guys on yeah. <laughs> these teams. <laughs> Yeah, Team crap. Terry Collins, Bartolo, Josh Tolley, Daniel Murphy, Jose Reyes, Al Leiter, Steve Henderson, Jesse Orozco, Todd Zeal Mookie, Bob Ojeda, Howard Johnson, Robin Ventura, Andy Chavez, Turk Wendell, Dennis Cook, Steve Traxel, Glendon Rush, and Terry Leach. So I'll let you have first pick here. What team do you want to go for? I think it'll be fun for us to like pick a team to root for here. This should this honestly could have been the estimate. This is yeah, a big, just, big botch we, by John. We could throw this. Maybe we could just have like a fun bet between me and you. All right, what can we do? What does the loser do? Maybe Sunday we have to do something because we'll both be there. Actually, no, we're not going Sunday. No, we're not going to be there Sunday. But we'll figure something out. We'll tweet about it. Maybe you guys can tweet at us what you think would be a good punishment for whoever doesn't get this right. If anyone's still listening, you're a real fan, so I'll, t- I'll take what they have to say to heart. Uh, give me the David, give me the Coney team, my friend David okay. Coney. That's good. I'll take – I got Big Sexy. I got Daniel Murphy, Jose Reyes. I got some players here, and as John put in the chat, Zeal is the man to watch out for. I don't know. Why is that? I – I, I, Todd is just he's in good shape we saw him we talked to him earlier before yeah. we were official with the Mets so I, I like my team Terry Collins hopefully we uh get a nice win and you do something because I'm clearly going to lose estimate <laughs> we hope so I mean it's like 12 series left so it's not I'm not out of the woods but it's close anyways guys I think that's a perfect way for us to wrap up this shockingly long episode we have a problem we just like talking too much but thank you for listening we appreciate it if you guys are not yet following us on all our social media, make sure you are at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, it's on the New York Mets channel. Go subscribe over there. And if you're listening to us, which we hope you are, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get it, drop us a rating, drop us a review, and make sure you download the episodes. It really does help us out. James, where can they find you on Twitter? James underscore Shiano. And I'm Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll catch you after the Rocky series. Peace out. Peace out, guys. See you next time. Get up, get, get up, get up.